I have come here to Krakowie, and I'm all out of bubble. Really licked his ass. Are you watching closely? Welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week, the movie we watched at midnight was Mike Hodger's Croupier. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you, and don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. Luke. Set in the year of its release, we meet Jack Manfred, or Jake Manfred, or John Man... Let's just call him Clive Owen. It gets a little confusing when you watch the movie. Anyway, Clive Owen is an aspiring writer who has a... He's had a bit of a lull in his uh, career in writing, right? So uh, after receiving a phone call from his father encouraging him to return to his former profession as a croupier in the local casino, Clive Owen realizes that the inspiration for the book he's trying so hard to write could in fact be his own life in a profession that finds itself pretty interesting most of the time. Yeah, and it, it it's important to note that a lot of the descriptions for the movies, a lot of the synopsises that you'll read are a lot more accurate than the trailer. Not to say that the trailer is totally wrong. It just feels a little bit dishonest because the tone they set with the music and the scenes that they show make it feel like it's a bit more tense, a bit more dramatic than I think the overall feel of the movie is. So read the synopsis. Don't watch the trailer if you're interested. I <laughs> love to hear it. Nothing, nothing better than a bad trailer. Am I right? <laughs> so this movie was written by Paul Mayersberg. Um, he's written a few works like The Last Samurai. Uh, not the one with Tom Cruise, though. I guess there was a prequel I didn't know about. And then he wrote another movie called Merry Christmas with uh, Mr. Lawrence, which is a World War II movie. And it might not sound like that from the title, but I just wanted yeah, to Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was, <laughs> that was like Rudolph or something. <laughs> <laughs> rom-com. No, not a rom-com. It's like a really diverse <laughs> writing set. You go from The Last Samurai to, hey, it's Christmas. Yeah. Um, so the director is uh, Mike Hodges. Um, he directed Flash Gordon and The Terminal Man. This movie is actually one of his last movies that he made. Um... I forget what the last one he made was. I think it was another crime drama starring Clive Owen. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, so he's he's had a he was directing for a while, but you know, I think he was old. So <laughs> that adds up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you come here for the hard hitting reports, don't you? Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, for the cast of this movie. I didn't write down a ton of names because I felt like this was another movie where Clive Owen is really kind of the bread and butter of this movie and the people around him are characters but kind of just play into his thing. So I put down Gina McKee as Marion, his girlfriend, and then I put down um, Alex Kingston as Janie Delvers, which is the uh, woman who like kind of sets up the heist. And I kind of felt like those three characters were the only main players other than like the other Coupier who he sees cheating or his dad. But even like those characters characters aren't really like players in the plot they're more kind of just there to give us more context on clive owen you feel me yeah and i think that's a pretty good point to make they're not they may be in a bunch of scenes and throughout the movie but 
those characters are really sort of the main actors in it. Um, the theme, um, for this one, I think it focused a lot on reading people, um, yeah. and being able to know the odds so that you can hedge your bets. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. And kind of just to make it unique to this movie, I'll say that it's about reading people in the situation of a casino and kind of like what you'll see as you watch the movie is that like when people gamble you can kind of like really see the type of person they are so you're kind of just watching Clive Owen work this job as as a croupier and just seeing tons of different people from different walks of life and how the casino kind of affects them so kind of like reading people in that context yeah it's it's very weird how it humanizes them at the same time dehumanizing them to just numbers at that it's very unique yeah but before we get more into it, Luke, we have to give it a thumbs up or down. What do, what are you feeling this week? You know, it's going to be a thumbs up, but I'm not shooting for the stars, you know? Yeah, no, I totally I I think I agree with you on that point. Um I got to give it a thumbs up too. Ding. Um but yeah, it's not you can you can tell how much we like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, the tone sets everything. Uh, but before we get more into it, we got this. Spoiler alert! Okay, let's uh, let's let's talk about the uh, title of the movie, if you don't mind. A uh, croupier, a croupier, a croissant, a croupier. No, it's uh, so it's a croupier and. The thing is, right off the bat, you don't know what that word means until you watch a movie, and then two minutes <laughs> into it, you're like, oh, it's the dealer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much uh, just the dealer. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, But it that really, it's, uh, do you think it's a good title? You know, I think it is when you talk about it in the context of the theme we just brought up, whereas, like, yes, it's about him as a croupier, the job description of the thing, you know, it might not seem that creative, but I think a main point of this movie is really just seeing the world from the perspective of a person who sees people in, like, the situation of a casino, you know, so, although I do think it's a little lackluster, I do think it does kind of play to what Clive Owen's character is. And honestly, I don't know if I could think of a better title for it, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good point because even though it sort of has more to do with him writing the story, because it's really the whole movie is him narrating the story that he's writing. Yeah. it The book itself is has the same title of the movie that he writes oh, in the movie. I didn't notice that. You're right, yeah. So it... it and that perspective, you really, I don't think I've seen it in any other type of movie where every other gambling movie or casino related movie, you see it from the perspective of the guy gambling or like the guy that owns the hotel or whatever, the casino or whatever. Yeah. But in this one, you've got the back access from the guy dealing the cards and how he sees life and that seems very well fitting because you're not going to get that anywhere else. And you're not going to hear the word croupier anywhere else. So. Yeah, no, facts, man. So let's let's start with, with Clive Owen and the way he sees the world, because I feel like that's kind of what the existential of this existentialism of this movie comes down to. And I kind of wanted to ask you what you thought of the tone of the movie, because to me, it came off as like very monotone. And the closest movie I feel like I can relate it to that we did recently was The Man Who Wasn't There. But this movie, I feel like, 
wasn't as upfront about trying to be so existential. And Clive Owen is kind of playing a character that's a little bit hard to read. Did you have any thoughts about kind of the tone of the actual story that's being told? Yeah, it's important to note for this movie that it is film noir. So it's going to, as a hallmark, it's going to ask more existential questions than you would in a normal movie. You know, how existential did Casino Royale ever get? Not very. Um, (laughs) You got a royal flush in that one scene, though. (laughs) Yeah, oh, that was so cool. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's that's a big thing to note, is that a lot of the movies sort of centers around this, this philosophical question and showing these larger points about life. And so it makes it feel a bit dull. You know, I totally agree that it's a little dull and it's almost because I feel like um, the idea of what you just said isn't extremely straightforward, which is definitely the point. And I guess kind of the reason I'm not like super excited about this movie is because it kind of felt lackluster through a good amount of it. And I'm not trying to start off the review by sh- by shitting on this movie because I did enjoy it. And even when we were an hour in, I thought we got to that point in an hour pretty quick. Like I was enjoying it, but I felt like there wasn't that much evolution of what was happening in the plot other than just Clive Owen's life. And so um, I saw a- another review of this movie and he, the person I watched defined it as a heist movie. And I was like, this is definitely not a heist movie, even though a heist happens. And you might think that that's kind of the progression of the plot is like going and leading up to that moment but even when that moment happens the heist doesn't even go through and we just hear a gunshot off screen so that scene even kind of encompasses the whole movie so i'm kind of having a little trouble of like how to get the conversation going on this one because it's almost like the movie was a little hard to get going you know what i mean no i i totally agree with that i i I don't think it's a heist movie I also read some review where somebody had said that it was um, it was more about the universe that Clive Owen was living in. And I don't really think that's true. I genuinely think this movie is more about its main character. Um, not only just because of, you know, how the movie progresses, but. I mean, back to the title. The title is Croupier. It's about the Croupier. That that's just. I mean, not not. I'm not a genius, but it's, <laughs> you can put one and one together and make two there. No, nah, you're that, you're totally right. And and so it, the life isn't too interesting, but it's mainly because that's what we're watching. We're just watching sort of life, you know. Yeah. And that, that that's kind of what you have to be expect when you watch. A, a noir film i think is you're in the life of somebody like that that is what you're watching i don't think we were that prepared when we watched uh the man who, who wasn't, wasn't there. there yeah yeah i don't think we were that prepared for it i still feel the same way about that movie though <laughs> <laughs> yeah well but, at least i don't think croupier was trying to bore us it wasn't trying to be boring yeah <laughs> it, it wasn't trying to be boring and it really wasn't it was very interesting because it, it like you said it keeps you wanting to watch it with what's going on um and it, it does it in a very unique way I just I I just feel like it didn't capitalize 
on that feeling though you know because when like um we're like an hour into the movie and it's it's only a 90 minute movie which is awesome because I, I i love short watches but um like even when when we were when we were an hour and in i was like dude there's only a half hour left of this movie and i'm not really sure what's happened yet other than just following clive owen's life which again yeah. isn't a problem but i even feel like when he starts narrating the book it kind of comes off as like something weird is happening here. Like we're not actually watching real life. We're just watching what the narrator's happening. I even feel like the juxtaposition of him having the self narrations going over the things that are happening weren't super clear the first time I watched it. So I also feel like this is a movie you could watch twice and understand it a lot better the second time you watch it. Oh yeah, that's probably the case. And the same point that I made with the man who wasn't there this movie, it's uh, the protagonist is narrating it from the perspective of a book. Yeah. For the vast majority of it. So I it's remember while, while we were watching it, I think you brought it up. It was just like, how are we watching this actually happen or are we just watching his narration of it? Yeah, and I, you know, I it's it it was definitely interesting, and I enjoyed it. And by the time that the movie ends, you're kind of like, oh, so he was really just writing a book. But while it was happening, I guess my mind was kind of just like trying to put pieces together and was putting way more emphasis on it, like it was going to be a crazy like mind prestige type movie. And that's really not what it comes down to, dude. So again, I'm 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 almost having trouble keeping the conversation going because. Like Clive Owen, it's pretty much just Clive Owen giving quips about like the things that happen in his life, you know? Yeah. And for me, it's it's very there's a distinct separation between the characters from when, you know, just visually when he dyes his hair, right? Yeah. So for me, it's like when points like that happen in a movie like this, I have to ask myself, okay, is this the same character that we're watching? It obviously isn't. As the movie goes on, we see that he behaves a lot differently just with the reactions from his girlfriend about how he's behaving since he got back into the gambling life. Yeah. And it, it, I have to ask you, do you trust him as a narrator? Because I remember when we watched The Man Who Wasn't There, it was a lot harder to say, yeah, I trust him. You know, I think I do trust him because I feel like he isn't hiding too much from us as the person narrating the story. Maybe within the book, the the the, the hypothetical book in this movie, um, if you read that and the way that the croupier life happened it might be harder to trust him but i feel like be well because in the man who wasn't there he was writing a memoir to tell people the true story of what happened so that was kind of the real nuance of like can we trust him or not i feel like there's not a lot of indication that clive owen has any reason to lie to us you know yeah i i get that i don't think there is and i think even if there was i feel like the more dramatic moments would have been highlighted even more Whereas yeah, or exaggerated, right? Yeah, exactly. And everything seems to sort of be on an even keel. The line about, you know, <clears throat> that's defining the types of gamblers is just as important as the scene where he's cheating on his girlfriend. Yeah. It all sort of seems just as important as the last thing, which is very hard for sort of establishing beats because the tone is kind of the same. 
and the sort of the emotion behind it is the same. I totally, I totally agree with that. There's like, there's a weird amount of emphasis put on stuff, and so even while we were um, doing our notes and collecting our thoughts for this movie, I had to go back and watch a couple scenes because I straight up forgot things that happened. Like, dude, this is about to sound really um, insensitive, but I totally forgot that his girlfriend died at the end of the movie. Like straight up, I totally forgot that she was the victim of the hit and run, and the guy that she was cheating on him with comes in and says he loved her and stuff. Like, I, I feel yeah. like there's no more emphasis put on that than anything else in the movie. And same with the heist at the end. There's not extra emphasis put on the heist. So like, even when it happens, life just keeps moving. And so, I feel like this movie, the the people who wrote it, um, Paul, I believe his name was, was it Paul? It was Paul. I feel like I feel like he he definitely did a good job establishing the tone of the movie consistently if this is what he was going for, but I feel like if you like this movie or don't like this movie, kind of just goes along with the emphasis you put on is this movie just about life? Is it just about reading people? Is it even happening? You know what I you know what I'm trying to get into? No, I I totally get you. It it's hard to pin it down cuz I don't think anything is specifically pointed to saying hey this is important this is what you need to focus on it it sort of leaves you with a grab bag of what you think is important is what you're going to take out of it and even even with his father at the end it's kind of like a wait what's going on wait that that, what wait oh his dad was like pulling the strings the whole time and like his dad was but really all his dad had to do was tell him to go do the job um at, at the croupier again you know so like even that moment at the end i felt like was a little lackluster and weird because uh, there wasn't too many hints about it happening leading up to it it kind of again he just got a phone call and thought it was really funny that his dad pushed him into this whole thing um kind of building off that and clive owen's character to how he moves did you enjoy how his character acted after he wrote the book and was like i didn't buy the car i wanted i'm still working as a croupier because i enjoy it i still live in like this uh, the same apartment and all that stuff like i feel like clive owen's character itself was pretty interesting in a movie that might be seen as not interesting all the time yeah it's sort of like if you need a somebody to play the main character clive owens your guy <laughs> we, 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 do, we, we even hung out with clive owens since children of men and i kind of want to change that dude we should we should look for some more clive owen movies yeah because his his performance is absolutely incredible and most people just know him from that movie was it with denzel um the inside job or inside yeah. man or whatever that's like what everybody in america knows him from yeah <laughs> it's sort of like while he does a, an incredible job in that movie it's a good movie you know he's an incredible actor um when he's in the lead because he just seems to utterly own that character yeah um and th- this is this is this is just another great example of that especially when the movie essentially entirely surrounds itself with his character do you think it, thought, do you, do you think it's a good oh, character study of that character? I I I really think it is. I think it is. It's How very so? it's very unique. Um you'd have to have like cuz imagine another actor that you'd put in here that cuz cuz Clive Owen does an incredible job of 
he can be almost any type of character, but he seems like a normal enough guy. Do you know what I mean? It's not like trusting. Anthony Hopkins. Trusting, yeah. definitely trusting. Yeah, yeah, not like Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, not trusting Hannibal yeah. Lecter, but I'll trust my boy Theo Farron, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, you're going to believe that Anthony Hopkins is the mastermind from the get-go, just with how, how he is, the characters we've seen him play. That's just what you expect of him. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's harder for him to play just like a normal guy. Like, it's hard for him to seem human from the perspective of the characters looking at him. But it's very easy for Clive Owen to do that. And we as the audience can know that, all right, he knows more than what he is saying or what he seems like other people think he knows. Yeah. I also, I also want to make a point about I I loved that ending with his dad. Why? Just, be, just because the whole thing is about how good uh, Jack is at reading people, right? It's especially when it comes to the heist, it's probably the best example where he's like, these are the odds for if they'd come back and be mad. So I've got the money for them just in case, but the odds of them coming back or like, you know, like, yeah, great scene. And then it all ends up being is, yeah, but his dad was just reading him the whole time. Yeah. Like his, his dad just knew how he would act from the beginning. And we we only have like other than the final scene, I there's I think there's only two phone calls between him and his father. The first one when he recommends getting the job, then the second one where he asks him how he's doing. And in both of those scenes, his dad kind of comes off as like a little sleazy, you know, like almost Clive Owen has this opinion of a uh, gamblers and such, possibly from his father. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I think the first time we see that, it isn't too clear. Um, from his character, the first time we see his dad, the character isn't clear. But then the second time, like then we see him like just being a bartender. That's like okay, now he's becoming. We're seeing a bit more perspective of this character, even though it's only like three seconds in a yeah. scene. <laughs> like that, that, that that's pretty powerful to me. Like this movie, I think, is very excellent to watch with people and then talk about it after or the next day. It's sort of. The more you think about this movie, I think the more you're going to enjoy it than just watching it and be like, yep, bad movie or yep, good movie. You know, yeah. like, it, this movie is really deserving of. All right. Think about what you just saw. Why'd you like it? Why'd you hate it? Like, th that's the yeah. type of movie where you can discuss. It's, it's, it's a good movie where, you know, when it was released, I bet that people walked out of the theater lit a bunch of cigarettes and just talked about it. Yeah, right. And it, it's like, what what did we even just watch? Where was the emphasis? Why do I care about any of the stuff that happens? And at the end of the movie, Clive Owen doesn't even really care about what happened, you know? Like at, like the this movie I don't I don't I don't know if if I think it's a good ending or a bad ending because I feel like it does kind of just end, you know? Which, again, is like kind of very meta to life and the way life works, you know, like you have a job as a croupier forever and then one day maybe you just don't want to work there anymore or one day everything changes and just having him kind of look over to like the, the person at the very end of the movie and like smirk a little bit like we definitely know that he is a croupier beyond anything else in his character and it's just really interesting to watch like the scenes of him with like all the drunk people and like they're all playing the cards and um they're like he's the well he never gambles anyway but um just like the way that he functions in those scenes i found it really interesting because he felt very human in a movie that was trying to be really human i think but also mm -hmm. didn't come off as 
like, no, see, I, I take that back because it does come off as being very human because it's kind of just life happening and it's not a heist movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a bit, it's because his perspective seems a bit narcissistic in like comparison to all the sort of emotional context of everything going on, you know? Like, he doesn't seem too disturbed by uh, his girlfriend's death. You know, he doesn't yeah. seem too disturbed by cheating on her. That Those types of things, it, he doesn't have too much of an emotional reaction. But I think when you put it in the context of him being more of the narrator, then it seems to make sense, because the narrator doesn't have to care. He just has to be able to analyze what's Ooh. going on and say it. That's a re- that's a really good point, dude. The narrator doesn't care. So, at, how do you feel about this movie in terms of talking about what a writer is? Like, do you, like let let's take the croupier stuff out of it and just focus on who the author of this character is? Do you think it kind of does justice to like the writing process and how people create ideas like this? I think it's very good at it because mainly because after his book is released and he's like on the bus, he's explaining it when he says sort of like, this is the one book I'm going to write. Like, this is it. This is the one he book kn- I write, but it's a masterpiece. Well, dude, dude, he, he even says it like um, J- Jack knew that he was a one trick horse. He knew that he was never going to capture this again, you know? Exactly. And I think that, sort of line that acknowledgement makes it a lot better because he's not trying to be anything else you know and really it's just a book about himself so i feel like it's not that imaginative really he's just had an interesting go at things and he knows that he sees things differently being on the side of the guy dealing the cards he knows what the odds are better than everybody else yeah is that um is is that the kind of significance you put on him not putting his name under the book, having it be croupier by anonymous? Yeah, I think that's an important I think that's an important note because it makes it seem like that's sort of the life of every croupier. But we in the audience know it's not, you know, we yeah. know that it's his story. It's specific to him. and It'll only ever really happen to him because all the other croupiers that we see. They gamble. They don't care about the rules. This is the one guy that is sort of the most absolute in his role. And for a movie that offers so many suggestions and character insights and asks you questions, it seems so absolute most of the time because of how he's counting it with numbers. Yo, yeah, I totally agree with that. And there's even even the the parts um where where his boss is reading the book and in the narration he says he would never know that I based it off his casino. All casinos are the same, aren't they? And it's like, ah, I I, I don't know if they are, Clive Owen. That's that's kind of like the, <laughs> a little bit of like the the juxtaposition, I guess, dude. Um, I do. I also love the line where um, it's in in the beginning of the movie after he deals his first hand, and he's like, and there it was. He was addicted to watching people lose. I thought that was a really interesting line too. That was an interesting line. So I feel like you could get the same line from somebody that's gambling. Yeah. Right. But they essentially that would mean that they like to win. But here he doesn't ever really win. Like he doesn't make money off of that. The casino. He's just there to push people through as yeah. quickly as he can. Like yeah. that, that insight to have it sort of be a line that you could give to other people, but have so much different meaning for them. 
that's cool. That's good writing. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so how do you speaking of the writing, how do you feel about the heist and the 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 um woman who comes in? Why am I forget her name? Janie. Like like to me, I didn't necessarily love the heist stuff because as we've been talking about, the point of the movie isn't the heist. It's kind of just something that happens and life keeps moving. But I almost wish um that they picked a different example to use so that it wouldn't be seen as a heist movie you know what i mean like i feel like if they were gonna go for the heist there should have been a little bit more emphasis on what actually happened and they could have got the same idea of the life stuff happening with something that wasn't such a classic casino trope you know because even in the beginning when he's first um being interviewed for the job and he goes down and he makes him like pick up all the chips even clive owen looks over at the giant door that all the money gets put into so even right there in the beginning of the movie we're kind of diverted expectations a little bit because we think clive owen might be planning something when really yeah. it's not that important at all how did did, did, did you kind of like like the heist part do you think it fits well what's 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 your thoughts on it i honestly think that the most important thing that comes out of the heist arc i guess is is just him weighing the odds in his apartment in that one scene i think that is the best scene that comes out of it and i feel like it doesn't necessarily have to be a heist you know, for me, I felt fine with that, but I totally understand, like, okay, I see why people can label, like, want to label this as a heist movie when it's really, like, he never even meets the ringleader of the heist. Exactly, and if you look at it in the context of a heist movie, then it's a bad movie, you know? Like, if you yeah. say, as a heist movie, this is not a good heist movie because it's not Ocean's Eleven, you know? But if you look at it in the context of, you know, the writer's struggle, then you have a little bit more to work with. Yeah, and if you look at what's that? What's that movie? Inside Man or Man on the Inside? Yeah, him, him and Denzel. Great heist movie. That's what you have to expect out of a heist movie. <laughs> yeah, no, don't watch. Yeah. Don't watch this movie for the heist because you're going to be very, very disappointed because it's maybe twenty minutes and about one minute of actual heist. <laughs> and yeah and l like we said it's not even that emphasized and i did find it interesting how he kind of just let the guy beat beat the crap out of him yeah 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 and, and <laughs> anything to get those words down on a page man am i right <laughs> so i mean like I, I don't know man i think i think it's definitely a well-constructed movie for the tone they were going for i don't think that it's like really half-assed but i definitely think um you can look at it and kind of just like oversee kind of what it's going for and kind of like the meta stuff and the monotone stuff but like the, the clive owen is really the star here like his his little quips in his head are some of the funniest lines in the movie and even um even kind of just watching him be a croupier is pretty interesting you know because again it's not something that's always emphasized in the casino world so we get to see the perspective of somebody who is kind of like like the reason why someone loses money low-key not actually because it's their fault but like that's the first person they yell at when something happens like the guy who attacked him in the alley and then got his uh, shit rocked you know little word of word of advice in life don't try to like come up on somebody in an alleyway to beat them up if they can totally kick your ass that's just Luke's word of advice. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad, it's a bad move all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it does. It it a hundred percent knows what it wants to be, and I think it really comes down to if you just like it or not. Like, it does a good job of execution. It's really hard to point at flaws in it, 
from sort of a direction or a writing stance because it's really there it's just sort of if you can agree with the tone i think if you can agree with the tone and have that expectation i think you'll enjoy it um it's like i'm not saying it's like one of the greatest movies ever made it's and it's a good movie for sure yeah it's definitely a good movie it's just like it's monotone it's monotone, uh, yeah. Like if, if if you put this movie on at 10 p.m. at night, there's a good chance you're not making it till 11:30, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it may not be the best movie to watch at midnight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just because it it does require a lot of attention, and yeah. you may not feel as rewarded with the ending as you'd like to for giving it that much attention. I'll totally agree with that. I think that's a really good way to put it is that although the ending is kind of consistent with the rest of the movie in terms of like ex explosive climaxes, I don't really think it's there for this one. But again, don't really think that was the point. So yeah, what, what, what can you really complain about? Yeah, exactly. Like it's. It's kind of like a toss up, but we like it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and to to be c completely frank and up straight, up straight, who's straight up. Um, <laughs> um, I like. I don't really plan to watch this movie again for a while. You know, like I'm not yeah. like like fixing to go watch this movie again. Like I'm not gonna like buy it for my Blu-ray collection or anything. But I definitely respect. Clive Owen in this movie, great performance, definitely boosted his career because people saw that he could play like really kind of um, in-depth characters. But yeah, dude, just it's definitely monotone. You, you got to be in the mood for a movie that's a little bit more existential and trying to make you pay attention to stuff you don't really know what to pay attention to. Yeah, the best reward for this movie is really your thoughts after it than actually watching it. That's probably the biggest thing to keep in mind. Yeah, no, and honestly, we're we're not always in the mood to watch those kinds of movies. So I would say that if you're going to watch this movie, make sure that you're in the mood to kind of watch a movie that's not just going to be like you can like watch, sit on your phone while it's background noise. You know, you're def if, if, if you're on your phone and this movie's background noise, you're definitely not going to kind of figure out what's going on here. Yeah, you're probably going to be really confused. It's yeah. definitely, uh, you know, after work, you got some free time during the weekday put it on type of yeah. movie. It's, it's not a don't put it on Friday night because you're going to be like, ah, I could have watched uh, something else. Yeah, I could have watched Explosions. I could have watched Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, oh yeah, oh my god. Oh my god. So, um, I guess, was there anything else you wanted to say discussion-wise? Because I know... Yeah, see, so you made a note about the sound design. The, I, I thought the sound design was great in this movie, just with like the the ball rolling around the um the roulette. There's like even a part at the end when he um he meets he meets the girl who says she's the white witch at the party at the end, and it goes again, and then it goes right down the hole when he sees the like car and stuff. And so I just listened to it with my headphones on, and I noticed that the sound design with kind of um abstract sounds in the casino, I thought just went really well with the movie and again it's it's definitely a well-produced movie just liking it or not comes down to if you really messed with it but honestly man when we started this review i kind of, it was one of those movies where i had no idea what we were going to talk about but i think we kind of figured out what the director and writer were going for i hope at least no i i, th I think we did a good job of it and i think they achieved the theme pretty well like the movie stays true to itself it doesn't back down even if it may not be the easiest thing to do, which I think, you know, that, that's what makes good art. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they did a good job. <laughs> I know you're so right, man. You're so right. 
<laughs> okay, so if there's nothing else to add about Croupier, let Croupier let's uh, let's let's sum this guy up. Yeah, wait, wait. Apologies <laughs> that we probably mispronounced the word the entire review. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like 99% sure it's Croupier. Yeah, <laughs> Croupier. Okay, so Croupier. It's a noir film. Um, it flips a perspective that you often see in the casino and gambling movies. The main character is the dealer rather than the player. The different perspective feels appropriate with the character Clive Owen plays. In his actions, he can almost be a backdrop. He maintains a certain amount of distance from distinction and the center of attention. The alternate perspective is seemingly more narcissistic. He knows the angles better than the people that are playing. Because it is film noir, it has to ask more essential questions than your typical movie. There is a chance, but it falls more behind absolution because Jack sort of knows the odds here. The movie is relatively successful. It doubled its production cost, although that total was only around like $7 million after it hit the U.S. It wasn't too huge in Europe, but we here in the States loved it. Um, it's got a lot of mixed reviews, whether you look at it um, from either critics or viewers, but it's not from those sources being divided. It's from division within those camps of reviewers. So people from all aspects debate this movie. I personally think it's worth it in the end, not only because it serves as Clive Owen's breakout role, but it keeps you wanting to see more of the movie to understand what's going on to see what Jack sees. You know, I totally agree, man. Happy 50th midnight showing episode, my friend. Uh, woohoo, woohoo. Bringing it back for you, Clive. What a name. <laughs> Clive. What a name. So we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Please message us at Midnight Showing Podcast on Instagram or email Midnight Showing with Luke and Nash at gmail.com to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and offer suggestions for the movies we watch and the future content we can bring to you. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Next week's episode features Scorsese's After Hours. And... um we still haven't figured out another tagline to do for this movie, but I'm just going to say Croupier is uh, available on Netflix. We watched it in May, so you can check this one out for free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Nash, I don't know if you knew this, but most men will f*** a light post. <laughs> 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 Thank you. <laughs> I gotta put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs>